Hey, Loco Sports fans. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Preferred Pharmacy. If you've been using a big corporate pharmacy, you probably aren't getting great customer service, but it doesn't have to be that way. The Preferred Pharmacy accepts more insurance plans than most of the big guys, and they have everything you need, like high-quality, lab-tested CBD products and on-site immunizations, without the long wait times and red tape. So if you want to save time and keep your business local, stop by the Preferred Pharmacy in Okatee, conveniently located between Jersey Mike's and Las Palmas. It's like having a pharmacist in the family. Welcome to another edition of the Loco Sports Lowdown Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Jarrett, joined as always by Wes Kerr, our producer and co-host. And Wes, another uh, great week of high school sports. Uh, one of my favorite times of the week, every week. It's sitting down with you, talking about high school sports in the low country. And um, we've got some news to, to talk about. We, we talked about it a little bit on our last episode, but we've got a little more detail now on the Loco Basketball Showcase. Tickets are on sale at locosports.com. It's going to be Friday, March 27th, and Saturday, March 28th at Buford Academy, tentatively scheduled to start at 5.30 each day. Uh, we're going to have the, the Rising Stars, 10th grade and below, going head-to-head on Friday night, along with the three-point and slam dunk contest. And then we'll have the All-Star Games with the juniors and seniors on Saturday. going to be an amazing time to just celebrate uh, high school basketball in the low country and raise some money for the Boys and Girls Club. And I know you're as excited as I am, Wes. Yes, I'm so, so looking forward to this event, and it's well worth the price of admission, and I cannot wait to see these kids show out in an all-star game. Love that they get the opportunity. We've got some crazy talent, and guys like Nick Pringle are just as excited to show off their talents here with us, and he'll be there. We know Takai DeVore will be there, and the one question I have is if you will be there and join us Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, March 27th and 28th, it's going to be amazing. Uh, as Wes mentioned, the ticket prices, I, I think they're very reasonable for a uh, for, for a charitable fundraiser. $15 for a single day or $25 for both days. Um, you know, $25 bucks are going to get to see four games plus the uh, slam dunk and three-point contests and know that you're giving back to a great cause and, and supporting uh, both local sports coverage here in the Low Country as well as the Boys and Girls Club and all the great work that they do for – thousands of low country youth to you know help make a, the low country a better place for them so um, we're very excited we do have uh, a little bit we're going to kind of slow slow burn some of the details on this but we we can go ahead and talk about um, the boys all-star game coaches we do have commitments and i'm super excited about this uh, people who've been around here a long time will know these names battery creeks john drafts and beaufort highs bruce beasley two guys who went head to head for like three plus decades uh, at their rival schools are both going to come back and and go head to head one more time. Uh, Maybe not one more time. They may do it every year. Who knows? But uh, they're going to go head to head in the boys all-star game on Saturday night. It's going to be awesome. They're both super excited to coach against each other one more time. And I know that people in Buford especially are going to be excited for that. Yeah, what a treat to have these coaches return from out of retirement. John Drafts, a former called to Charleston Cougar, and then led Battery Creek to the 3A lower state title game, 24-win season. And Beasley, 332 wins, a remarkable coach for Buford, and did so much for that program as well. And So I'm really looking forward to seeing these two back on the hardwood in March. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I guess one other thing I'll, I'll – um 
No, I guess we'll hold on to the others for the next episode. How about that? We got a couple other things that we're we're close to nailing down that we can announce soon. Uh, working on the girls All Star Game coaches as well as the uh, this the team captains uh, for the All Star Game. So we're gonna kind of build out from there and and just kind of trying to to get some of the players committed. But I do know, as you mentioned, that that Nick Pringle and Takai Devore have both said that they'll definitely be there. Uh, Dior Shelton. Uh, has said she'll definitely be there. Uh, who else do we have committed? Um, Tatiana Aiken, I ran into her father just this morning, as a matter of fact, and, and uh, he said that, that she'll absolutely be there. So um, I don't see anybody turning down our invitation to play in this thing. This is going to be amazing uh, to just showcase all the talent we have here in the Lowcountry that gets overlooked too often. Absolutely looking forward to seeing all of our all-stars and hope to put on a great show. And I know they will for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, that, that kind of gets you your, we- your whistle wet for basketball, but we're going to shift gears uh, for just a minute before we get into our loco whip around and talk hoops. Um, we do have a little bit more news, uh, breaking news type stuff. Battery Creek, uh, you might've read on the website this week, uh, did appeal to move to class 2A. They were slated for class 3A. Um, May River and Ridgeland Hardyville, both of their two geographic rivals who are uh, were in their region, are both moving to different regions. Ridgeland Hardyville going down to 2A, May River going up to 4A. So Battery Creek kind of left in the lurch with a bunch of Charleston teams. So they appealed to go to 2A, but that was denied. Uh, the high school league did not approve any of the appeals. So the Dolphins will stay in Region 8-3A along with Academic Magnet, Bishop England, Hanahan, North Charleston, and Oceanside Collegiate. Uh, so I hope they get a, a good uh, good fuel perks or something because they're going to be on the road a lot, Wes. Yeah, it's just unfortunate for Battery Creek. I understand why they wanted to appeal this, and sometimes the realignment and the geographical neighbors just don't work out. So best of luck to the Dolphins. Uh, they'll be on the road a lot, unfortunately, as they remain in 3A next year. I guess the only silver lining is that 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 does you know open up May River and Ridgeland Hardyville as non-region opponents, so that does help you out a little bit uh, with your travel on the non-region stuff, so you can offset some of those trips to Charleston. But uh, I think the closest trip on that list is like 72 miles, so that's a pretty good haul for for region games. Um, and I'm sure those Charleston teams won't be happy about coming all the way down to Buford either. But um, at least they only have to do it once a year versus. Uh, several times so um gonna be tough for the dolphins it, it would have benefited them for sure to competitively to drop to 2a um but you know it is what it is it's two years and depending on what the enrollment looks like they they may be in a different situation in two years from now so um no other huge changes i mean we already kind of knew what the realignment was going to look like with uh may river moving up to 4a alongside hilton head bluffton beaufort um, and a few other schools. So that's going to be a fun region. Uh, the 3A region, unfortunately, will just be Battery Creek with the Charleston schools. Ridgeland Hardyville also loses those those geographic rivalries, dropping to 2A. Um, and then Whale Branch will go down to 1A, which uh, they should be very competitive at that level, although Bamberg Earhart also coming down with them uh, from their region. So they'll still have you know, a challenging region, but uh, they should be very competitive at the state level in 1A. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a positive change there for Well Branch. And 4A, I'm super excited to see May River, Bluffton, Hilton Head all in that same region. We're going to have some epic battles coming up next year in the football, basketball, and other sports. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk basketball and the Loco Whip Around. You're listening to the Loco Lowdown Podcast. 
Today's show is also sponsored by the Hilton Head Sharks. Are you already mourning the end of football season? Well, football season in the Loco doesn't stop with the Super Bowl. We have our own minor league team, the Hilton Head Sharks, and they're ready to kick off their season February 22nd with a home game at Richard Gray Stadium in Hardyville. Local fans will recognize many of the players as former Loco high school standouts. So if you're already hungry for more football, support the home team, the Hilton Head Sharks. Find out more at hhsharks.com. All right, Wes, it's time to talk some hoops with the Loco Whip Around. For new listeners, uh, Wes compiles his power rankings for the area. We do the boys' public and private schools and the girls' public and private schools. And uh, and then I kind of pick him apart and, and hold his feet to the fire and, and uh, make sure he's doing his due diligence, which I know he is. But um, So we've got the public school boys to start off. And Wes, I see a new team at the top. Um, I want to hear a little justification here because, as we've talked about before, um, one team won the season series here. But uh, you you got a little – what have you done for me lately going on here? You got Ridgeland Hardyville on top. Yeah, this team is yet to lose in 2020. They've won 10 of their last 11. And their average margin of victory this month has been 20 points. So uh, even though Whale Branch does have the 2-1 to one head-to-head advantage, uh, this team is on a complete roll right now. They continue to turn through the competition. and. They call upon many players to answer the call, and they have. They may not have the best player in the area, but they have the best collection of players, and Marie Singleton, Richard Baker, Shalif Cherry, and many others, and I really think they're the team to beat here in the Loco. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely understand your your justification, and um, they have been playing phenomenally well. Kevin Wilson, I, I didn't even realize they hadn't lost in 2020, but that's pretty remarkable. Um, Kevin Wilson's done a great job there of adjusting to his personnel you know we've talked about that they really don't have a big uh but they have a bunch of guys who can run the floor who who have nice wingspans and and can just get in passing lanes and cause problems and get easy buckets and they've been able to play that up-tempo game and um you know get after people and uh brandon howard's another guy that that i don't even think i mentioned in there when you rattled off like four guys who are making huge contributions brandon howard's having a great season as well um they'll just run a bunch of dudes at you and and wear you down and uh, i'm excited to see them in person for the first time on friday i'm gonna head over to may river and check out the jags and uh and see what they're all about because uh they're on a great run and hopefully they can keep it going so that that means that the jaguars uh leapfrogged our Long-standing number one, Whale Branch, falling to number two. Uh, they did have a, a tough loss last week to Allendale Fairfax with uh, with Pringle, Nick Pringle out, but they got him back and and put it on Bamberg Earhart pretty good, and uh, and then had another tough loss by two uh, to a good Colleton County team. So um, Whale Branch going out of region with some some tough matchups there uh, will help them in the long run. But yeah, one one and two I think since we last talked. So. Um, that was enough to knock them down a spot for you. Yeah, they just they dropped from number one most because the consistency hasn't been there this month. Even with Nick Kringle in the lineup, they fell short against Colton. We all know how good their offense is, but I think the defense has been a little bit lackluster recently. They're going to have an important get-right game at Woodland on Friday. I don't think that one will be easy. It's an important one for Pringle, who's, of course, a star, and Chisholm, who's developed into one to stay at the top of the region against a sub-500 team that I think they should be. Yeah, and, and Woodland's not a bad team at all. Um, that loss to Allendale really hurts because, I mean, that's a game that you don't don't expect Will Branch to lose. Um, but, you know, they've still got a little bit of a, a cushion there, and they can, as long as they take care of business from here on out, they should be able to take the region title and, and be set up for a good run in the playoffs. Um, at number three, you've got the Hilton Head Seahawks, who are on fire. This team, uh, you know, speaking of, of 
first-year coaches who are figuring it out. Shane Brown is doing a fantastic job with that team. Uh, they are a different team at this point in the season than they were early on, and you've seen them in person a couple of times. I mean, how much have they improved over the course of the season? It's just incredible what Shane Brown's doing. Now, Carlton games got hurt. They played strong D, and they probably could have won if they had made a couple more shots. I'm sure Dean Sealback will want that game back, especially after getting to a little bit of early foul trouble. But that being said, as a Seahawks fan, I will gladly take where they are now in a 2-1 start in the region. And you got Nikedrick Black scoring now. Uh, I'm sure some attention was paid to Gaston Moore and Sam Suma. And what a hot start Wednesday night. Leading to a big-time win over prep. They took away Callaway enough to grab a 25-point lead in that first half, a 33-8 to start, in which they were able to ride all the way to the end. And so many pitched in on both sides of the Seahawks, and now they get a big chance to sweep their rivals at home Friday night. Hopefully the students can pack the nest and build that home court advantage in a massive region game. And I'm expecting an awesome atmosphere. All right, we're with Coach Chain Brown, and your start gave you the win tonight. Talk about those threes, being them at their own game, Hilton that prep uh, tonight in the first half. Uh, yeah, we came out hot. We hit a, a few a few shots early that kind of helped us extend the lead in the first half, but uh, we, we got cold in the second half, and luckily uh, we came out with the win. We probably never thought you would hold them to just eight first-half points. How would you assess your defense tonight, especially against a great offensive player in Tyrone Callaway? Uh, we started off good uh, with the game plan to not give them uh, much of much room to, to shoot or do anything, and it kind of rattled them uh, in the first half. In the second half, we got a little lax, and uh, he, he found his spots, and he made some shots. Those last few minutes in the second half, Prep was trying to mount a comeback. Uh, what do you think your team's played the last couple minutes? Uh, they uh, they played real pressure uh, at the end and uh, limited us to uh, only one field goal in the second half. So I credit to, to their defense at the end to to stop us from scoring. You got some good produ- production off the bench today. Uh, how has the depth helped you in games like this? Uh, it, it helps out a lot uh, that you can put kids in uh, and you can trust them out there to uh, maintain the energy that we have uh, with our starters out. So big one Friday night. How will you take this good mojo into the Bluffton game? Uh, we just got to keep building on what we're trying to do all season and uh, be the best we can defensively and push the ball in transition. Well, congratulations. Big win tonight. Thank you. All right, thanks. Anytime those teams get together, it's it's going to be fun. But um, for sure, with you know Hilton Head off to a great start in region play, and now Bluffton, they got their first region dub, so they're trying to climb back in this race. I mean, all these games have been super competitive. So uh, there's really, you know, the difference between one and four in that region is so narrow that it's not unreasonable to think that any one of those teams could go 3-0 and or 0-3 and the second time around and totally shake up the region standings. So you mentioned it'll be Seahawks against Bobcats. You've got Bluffton at number four. Eric Eastham has been the guy lately. He put up 20 uh, in a big win over Beaufort. Uh, Lee Kirkland also had a great week for the Bobcats, averaging a double-double. Uh, Tyler Rice is, is always getting it done for them. Um, just trying to find a, a couple other guys to help them get those stops down the stretch. It seems like the problem with the Bobcats has been letting teams back in games late. Uh, they, they'll get a double-digit lead in the second half, and then all of a sudden they're in a, a tight game down the stretch, a one-possession game. Um, so they just have to figure out how to close those games out. And, uh, you know, I, I still think they have the potential to even rise to the top of that region if they can start to figure out the late game stuff. Yeah, what a story for Eric Eastman. Scoring 20 points, running those threes, the situation where you just ride that hot hand, and he gave the Bobcats a huge region win. And 
Then he posed for pictures with the neighborhood kids. Their offense clicked all night with Rice and Kirkland. They combined for 33, and good on them for staying strong after Buford built a run to get back in this game. I think they just ran out of gas on Saturday, but a nice effort losing by just five against Seppingham after really being blown out in the first meeting this year. And let's see if they can pick apart a very good Hilton Head defense Friday night. I think they're going to have to get that three-point shot going. All right, here with Eric Eastham. A huge game tonight, 20 points. Uh, banged in, I think, six three-pointers tonight on fire uh, to lead the Bobcats to the win over Buford. Eric, what, were you just feeling it out there tonight or what? Yeah, I was. Uh, I got that first three-point of the fall, and uh, it just uh, caught fire from there, and I uh, just had to do what I had to do to get the dub tonight. Uh, you guys are uh, got off to a little bit of a rough start in region play, but obviously a big win tonight. Uh, how good does it feel to get one under your belt and feel like you guys can turn this around the second half of the season? Uh, it feels good. It uh, gives us a chance to get a region championship. You have some help, but uh, I think we can pull it off. All those first three games were, were pretty competitive, so do you feel like still that this region is pretty wide open, that anybody could come up and win it? Yeah, I think anything can happen in this region. How do you feel about the way you guys are playing, you know, going into the stretch here? Uh, we just were playing as a team. Uh, they started crawling back in the fourth quarter, but we kept our composure and uh, just did what we had to do. All right, man, had a lot of kids from the neighborhood uh, out watching tonight. Pretty exciting? Yeah, they're uh, my neighbors, so uh, it was uh, pretty special for them to come watch tonight. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, it was really cool to see Eric uh, posing with the neighborhood kids. I I, have, I picked up on that because uh, one of the kids is one of my son's best friends and one of my baseball players, and um, I knew that the Eastums were their neighbors, and so I saw them at the game, and then I recognized, oh, wait, that family lives in Bluffton Park, too, and so does that one. He had like a whole cheering section behind the bench of, of all the uh, the neighborhood kids from Bluffton Park in uh I mean, they were calling him the legend of Bluffton Park after that game. He he put on a show for the neighborhood youth, and I know that those guys think, you know, he, he can do no wrong at this point. I remember being a kid that age and, and watching high school kids, and for them to have that personal connection to him and see him do it, I mean, that's what it's all about. Inspires a whole new generation of basketball players, and they're going to be the ones putting on the shows a couple years down the road. Absolutely, for sure. Um, well, the Bobcats' other big rival, Crosstown rival May River, uh, slipping to number five in the rankings at this point in the season. And this is another team that, man, if you look at the margins, this team is in every game, but they've had so many that didn't go their way late. They had another one in region play on Tuesday, losing to Lake Marion 53-52. to Had a couple of chances to close it out late and couldn't get a stop. Uh, put the Gators on the foul line twice. They didn't convert the first time, but they did it the second. And uh, just been one of those seasons for May River that they're just one step away so often, it seems like. Yeah, another tough loss. Uh, it's a hard one to win at Wade Hampton. They unfortunately couldn't find it until too late. And they can't find enough stops on defense or enough contributions from guys not named Harry Cash. And I think their inexperience is starting to let them down a little bit this year. I think they're next year they, they should be able to get a little better, but now they get a red hot Jags team Friday and uh, good luck. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll definitely have that one circled and I'm sure they'll be fired up at home against a, a team that has climbed up into the top 10 now. So um, they're going to be motivated for that one, but yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Uh, Ridgeland Hardyville just has so many guys who can, who can hurt you. Um, so May River at number five at number six, we got Buford high again, just seeking consistency at the defensive end. Um, they've been able to play well in spurts, but just haven't been able to put it together for 32 minutes, it feels like. Yeah, Buford has a couple guys that can 
flat up the scoreboard and Odom and Holmes, but the defense once again falling flat against Bluffton. When you give up that many to Tyler and Lee and still get scored on by Eric Easton, that's not a great night for your defense. Full credit to them for making this a game late, but they fell way too far behind, much due to that poor defense. And they've really continued to let teams fly out of the gate, and it's too tough to climb out of those holes. But a nice double-double from Zyron Odom against Effingham, who's been an exceptional player for the Eagles, but this season overall as a team has been too much of a tailspin. Yep, having a tough time. And uh, the same true across town at Battery Creek. Uh, rebuilding project over there for C.J. Brown. They've had some bright spots, but uh, had too many tough nights uh, for their liking this season. But I know C.J. is going to get things headed in the right direction. they got some nice players, too. Jordan Rivers is a, a guy that we'll probably be talking to uh, about the Loco Basketball Showcase. And Amani Waring, they've got some good players. Um, just haven't been able to put together the team efforts. All right, shifting over to the private school, boys. Uh, we've got a mainstay at the top now. We had some shuffling early in the season, but it started to shake out. And you've seen these guys a lot. Hilton Head Preps, boys, we've talked so much about how much they've improved over the course of the season. And, of course, Tyrone Calloway is just incredible. Yep, Tyrone doing it again on Friday. But it was not just Calloway, the entire team and especially that entire offense looked spectacular. They moved the ball brilliantly and hit those open threes, and they overwhelmed everyone else on their home court against Christian Academy in that third quarter, scoring 29 against the Eagles. And Luke Bennett drained three triples, then Ryan McKell scored 10 off the bench. And, and then they can go defensive on you and hold Dawson Coleman to just seven. And sometimes you go cold like in that Hilton Head game. But if you put up another five minutes in that game, they were down 25, and they cut the lead all the way to eight. They probably win that game if they play like a 40-minute college game, uh, but they just fell too far behind. Jerry Faulkner can coach, and they're looking very strong. And now is the time to bounce back and get ready for some important region games, including a Bethesda rematch on the 11th at home, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun. Bethesda playing fantastic basketball, but if there's anybody in the region who can get them, it's definitely the Dolphins. So that, that's going to be an exciting one. Um, they, yeah, they're playing very well. Ryan McKell, you know, you mentioned him. He's kind of come out of nowhere here the second half of the season. And, you know, after not really hearing much about him the first half, it seems like he's in double digits every game now. So, you know, that's exactly what they needed is a, another guy to step up and compliment Callaway and McDonald. And if they can do that, they're going to be a handful. Exactly. He's the spark plug that this team needed to to go beyond just Tyrone Callaway and, and Stone McDonald. And now that you have that third piece, uh, it opens up your offense even more. And, and of course, you got even more guys. Uh, like I said, Luke Bennett drained the threes. Everyone's contributing in that three-point shooting department. And Jerry Falk must be really pleased. All about developing depth, baby. Uh, at number two in the skis of ranks, you've got Buford Academy. They had a tough week this week uh, playing some very tough competition, Spartanburg Day and Hilton Head Prep. Uh, but the Eagles still have a lot of talent there. And uh, really excited about them in the in the 1A, skis of 1A playoffs. I think that the tests that they will have gone through playing in the 2A region is really going to benefit them. Yeah, tough week for BA. They lose the Spartanburg Day without Dawson Coleman, and then they get a little stymied by prep. But whether it's Elijah Fess or Brandon Trapp, one of those guys needs to carry things a little bit more. Uh, Dawson Coleman, he's a spectacular player, but you want to have that second or third guy be a little more reliable. And, and when you get off to an easy schedule, sometimes you think BA is going to run through uh, these next couple games, and, and it just isn't the case. But I expect them to bounce back. There's a blueprint to slow down Coleman and the Seagulls team, and now it's up to BA 
to try to adjust and uh, give Dawson Coleman some success. At number three, you've got John Paul II, and, and we continue to talk about the inconsistency with the Golden Warriors. They had a, a nice road win over Thomas Hayward, uh, but then they come back, and uh, and then they had a nice win over Carlton Prep as well. But then they come back and they lose to Bridges Prep in, in what was a shocking result. I mean, that's a team they beat by 35 or 36 uh, early in the season, and they come back and they lose to them on the road. So uh, just can't quite get a put my finger on on what's going on with John Paul II. They have nights where they look so good, and then others where they just don't show up. I've never seen such more more of a roller coaster team. They're starting to turn the corner, and then they lose to Bridges Prep. The Night Boys are looking like they did early in this year. And Rico Anderson, I think, is again playing like he's capable of as a guard. And I really think they have talent. They just looked lost for a couple weeks earlier this month. And then I thought they were being to wake up. And then they lose the Bridges Prep. I mean, so they just can't put up consistent performances, which really hurt the Golden Warriors this year in and out of region play. Now, one thing that, that has happened is uh, Malone Kennard Huisinger, <laughs> that's a tough one for me, is um, it has been injured. So, you know, they're missing him. He's one of their bigs. Uh, he's he's definitely a matchup problem. Um, so that's always a factor, you know, when you're missing one of those guys, especially the Skeesa schools where they just Absolutely. don't have the depth uh, to be able to plug somebody in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bridges Prep, that's a great win for them. And we, we haven't included them in the rankings. They're kind of a, a weird case because they're technically – they're a charter school. Uh, they technically play in, in high school league class 1A. But they mostly, they're only in like their second year of varsity basketball, so they mostly play against uh, Skiza schools um, out of region. They don't play any of the other local public schools. So we haven't really included them in the rankings, but um, Josh Smith is having a real good season for them, and uh, Colton Duran's a nice player. They, they've got some talent there, and they're starting to build it up, and they're, they're going to be competitive, I think, in high school league class 1A uh, pretty soon. Well done by Bridges Prep to get a huge win for this program. And there was no stopping Josh Smith, as you said, 24 points. They lost to this team 62 to 26 on December the 4th. Talk about an incredible turnaround. This program certainly on the right track. Yeah, they uh, they were excited going into the season. And, you know, the, the record doesn't maybe show um, what they were hoping for, but but they're competitive with some solid programs. And then to get a win like this over JP2, I think that's going to be kind of a signature win for them and maybe help propel them, you know, to, to get just a little bit more excitement around their program. Um, not a lot of excitement right now for Hilton Hill Christian Academy's boys. They've had a tough run. They had a brutal schedule where they played like eight games in 14 days. And, uh, and Travis Pretty, every time I talked to him, was talking about the, the list of things they needed to, to coach was just getting longer and longer, and they just didn't have any practice time to work on it. So um, one of those things where you get into a stretch where you got so many games in, in such a short period of time, and, of course, kids are going to school and everything. It's it's not like a professional team, an NBA team, where they can um, work on stuff during shoot-around during the day. These guys have, have lives to live, and they just haven't been able to get their feet under them. They've had um, some tough some tough games, but they had a really nice performance against Bullock Academy, um, got a big lopsided win, and everybody contributed, and I think Pretty felt really good about it, and, and maybe that'll help them turn the corner the rest of the way. Absolutely. Uh, they were really decimated by Callaway and Prep, but they did bounce back against Bullock, and when Floyd Hargrove gets going, it's tough to stop those Eagles. And Black Shooter's secondary score, they found Quinn Ryan's kind of like a streaky three-point shooter who can score at times, and it's hard to succeed as a first-year head coach. I think Travis Pretty's putting the right guys out there. He's giving this team a fighting chance down the stretch. 
Yeah, and he'll get that program uh, built up, I think. Uh, you know, I've talked about it before, but I think when they move to Bluffton, too, in a couple of years, that is going to be a game-changer for their athletic yeah. department. Um, you know, they're going to have – and, and their school in general, they're just going to have more access to so many more students, um, you know, out here in Bluffton who are maybe not able to make the trek to the island. Um, and I, I think that program, that athletic program, could really blow up. I'm excited. I mean, look how well they did football this year. I mean, they're only going to get better with all the talent they can get from the Bluffton area combined with with all the with all those guys they already have. It's going to be uh, it could be quite a powerhouse there uh, these next couple of years at Christian. Yeah, and I think it really in the long run it helps prep too because they have less competition than um, you know. There's really only one private school option then um, for most sports and on the island, and I think that's going to help them. Um, you know, bring in some more talented athletes as well. So that's going to be fun to watch. Thomas Hayward, uh, another team much like JP2 that has just been all over the board. They had a nice win over Dorchester, but also lost to JP2 and Bethesda. And um, just can't quite figure out what to expect uh, night to night from Thomas Hayward. All right, so now it's time to pick the boys performers of the week. And Wes always gets the first pick. Uh, So Wes, who are you going with this week? Well, you probably saw this coming. I'm picking Tyrone Calloway. How about another 38-point performance against his rival school? When you defend the perimeter, he scores with some stylish layups, and when you leave him outside, he'll knock down the three. And even when he got a little cold against Hilton Head, he still put up 20 points. And it's clear that the success of this team will mostly lie in his hands because he's by far the one guy that can do it himself this offense. Although, as we said earlier, there have been guys that have stepped up, which might make Calloway's job a little easier. Yeah, it's it's hard to go against uh, Tyrone. You can you always got him in your back pocket. That's an easy pick. Um, I'm gonna go a different direction here. I'm gonna go Ridgeland Hardyville, and I'm gonna go Shalif Cherry. He's a guy that we've seen more and more from him. It seems like he's kind of become the defensive leader on that team. Um, he put up 17 and 15, uh, so he can score as well this week. But uh, but really defensively, he's been the guy taking drawing charges. Um, you know, just making those hustle plays. And that's the kind of basketball that the Jaguars have to play to be successful because they just don't have that that big guy um, to run a traditional offense. They've got to make those hustle plays and, and outwork you. And Shalif Cherry has been a guy who's been doing that. So um, I'm going with Risen Hardyville, Shalif Cherry for my boys performer of the week. All right, so let's shift it over to the girls' side, starting with the public schools. And uh, we've had the jockeying per, for position you still got Bluffton on top. Uh, what convinced you to keep the Bobcats at the top of the list this week? Well, they continue to put a stranglehold on their region, and when you keep winning, it's hard to drop them. TNT is doing what they have to do, and others have stepped up, including Brianna Anderson and Kaylee Washington, which is really big if they could find that third girl to outlet to. And I, I think it may actually be Anderson who scored 18 against Effingham in a really impressive 63-26 win, and they only gave them five points in that first half. I think even by how well May River is playing, Bluffton seems to have actually separated a little more since last week, and well done by Lonnie Roberts and the squad. Obviously a nice win for you tonight. Anytime you, you get one in region is good, but sitting at 3-0 and after that first time through, uh, that's right where you want to be. Uh, yeah, um, you know, we work hard. We're not actually there yet. I mean, it's the first complete round. Uh, we'll be playing our team second time around be sometime next week but for the most part um, I mean it was a good win uh, we still have a lot of growing spells um, we, we still got some players uh, that we have to that really have to step it up um, we had a player that was out uh, Samari Mitchell 
uh, was missed, but you know it'll be the difference in the game the next time we play. So it'll be a bonus, you know, for us to have her knowing that we uh, had a, a a good win tonight with a maybe 15, 20 point win. So we're we're, we're still looking scribes to get better. Seems like you know if, if you can try to limit Layla, that's that's the big key against them. You guys did a decent job of that tonight, but she still finds a way to get hers, doesn't she? Uh, yeah. You, you know we have uh, special players in our region, uh, which uh, it's not as blessed as we are to, to have maybe two, three guards. But we have a lot of little things that we can throw at her, kind of knock off a game. But the main thing is establishing you know a good margin. Uh, whereas we're not putting ourselves in a pressure situation. So just overall, I mean, you know, she had a good night tonight. And, um, you know, we wish her the best, you know, continue playing the way she's playing. I know she had a little tweet of her knee. I'm not really sure how serious it is. Who were some of the girls who really stepped up for you tonight with Samari out and carried the load a little bit? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I'm not even sure about the point margin. I'm always concerned about the defense and us just picking the pace up. Uh, we've always said bending knees means that we got to, got to push the pace. And I didn't really think that we pushed the pace like we should. Um, you know, it was our first game in five days, uh, six days, and it's going to be like that again, you know. Uh, it's like a reach game every week. But uh, I, I just think that, you know, two full points. I think uh, 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 Kaylee Washington uh, shot, uh, she hit four out of six free throws. Normally, that's a one out of eight for her. But, uh, you know, those are bonus points. Um, uh, Jayla Ferguson, I thought, done a, a really good job on the board. Uh, they all come, you know, coming around well. And this is probably the time that we want to see it. Uh, and then, two, you know, knowing that, taking one game at a time. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that was that was very impressive uh, against Effingham, and and really um, the win over Buford was was quite impressive as well. And uh, you know, Aiken and Hayward we know about, but you're right, Anderson. I have seen her tr- tremendous improvement. I mean, she was not really a factor at the offensive end the first part of the season when I saw them, but when I saw them against Buford, she was a big time factor. You know, she was putting the ball in the bucket. So um, she's I think the key, they've needed someone to step up and be that third option. I'd still like to see a jump shooter. Man, if they had somebody who could hit an outside shot, they would be really dangerous in the playoffs. But um, they're a strong team, and they're just rolling along. And like you mentioned, I mean, if you're at the top and and you don't lose, you're probably not going to fall off. May River, though, is definitely making a case. The Sharks keep just dominating people. Um, The only undefeated team left in their region. Took care of Wade Hampton pretty easily. Jordan Bigham stepping up with a big game. Grayson Drury. It's not just the Peluso sisters, although they have been outstanding. And then they just rolled past Lake Marion. So um, shouldn't have any trouble with Ridge and Hardyville on Friday. And uh, I think the, the Sharks are well on their way to another region title. Agreed. The Sharks are still on it as well. Jordan Bigham, Grayson Drury have been the offensive sparks uh, along with the Peluso's. And of course, we know how Good Emma and Olivia are on defense and very important to start games hot. And they build a 16 point advantage and a really tough place to play at Wade Hampton. This is a team that doesn't want to mess around in games, especially after a shaky December and a nice balanced effort. Outstanding win on the road against Lake Marion on Tuesday. They are dominating the region right now. And speaking of teams that are just dominating and, and uh, you know, putting on a show, but they can't move up because the teams ahead of them won't lose. Whale Branch girls, the Toya Max team looking amazing. Um, they're getting better all the time. And again, 
like we talked about with other teams, they're having those those secondary options start to step up. Heaven Grant has been the latest one. She's banging threes, and if they can stretch the defense like that and let Kainu Barnwell drive to the basket, get Johnny Thompson a little more room in, inside, uh, they're going to be dangerous. Absolutely. How about some impressive victories for Whale Branch? They allowed just 10 to Bamberg Earhart, and Heaven Grant catches fire along with that consistent excellence of Kainu Barnwell. And when the offense and the defense comes together, it's going to be a train wreck for opposing teams. And then what a job against Carlton County and a grinded out 29-28 win, holding their star, Armani Kirkland, to just four points. So offense and defense putting it all together. And now with Heaven Grant playing some good ball and the duo of Barnwell and Johnny Thompson, this team this team can make some big noise next month. Uh, but a challenge this Friday against Wilton to grab the upper hand in the region. These two teams are coming into this game hot. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, LaToya Mack is making a strong case for our area coach of the year. Uh, she's having a fantastic season and, uh, you know, came up with a plan to shut down Amani uh, Kirkland, which um, is no easy task. Hilton Head High did it, too. You know, they're, it can be done. Um, but Mack came up with a good game plan. They they did some 2-3 uh, zone. And then, uh, you know, when they started to adjust to that, she switched and, and put Kainu on Kirkland uh, man-to-man and, you know, she's she's a great coach. She draws up some nice schemes, and I'm excited about what they can do. Um, Hilton Head High coming in at number four. They had a great region win in overtime to uh, to stay over Colleton County to stay in the mix. But then they they step off and uh, and lose to Hilton Head Prep. So again, another team that is a little bit hard to figure out. They, we just don't know what to expect from them night in and night out. Yeah, those Seahawks must be breathing kind of a sigh of relief after getting that first conference win. They barely get it done overtime against a tough Carlton County team. No region game is easy. Um, that's pretty much emphasized by, by how Hilton had started. All four teams are will play a very tough. Will Branch can attest to how, how good Carlton can be. And Miley Ray really been on a tear, 19 more against the Cougars. And she's leading this team like a senior should do. And then they got a really nice game out of Janaya. Put up a career-high 16 points uh, in another game. And by the way, she's a freshman. Rochester was very happy, and, and he likes her potential. He also thought they found their defensive intensity again and, and gave a lot of credit to Anna Genova and Kenzie Ryan, but also the entire team for stepping up. But they fell into a trap, as, as Coach said, with the prep girls, who finally broke through for a quality win. But he won't be happy about all those turnovers. So now a huge opportunity to make some noise in the region. Picking up a game over Bluffton might be enough to separate yourself uh, from those other two teams. Yeah, uh, Janaya Fair will be definitely going to be on the, the short list for the uh, Loco Basketball Showcase Rising Stars game, which is that girls game is going to be phenomenal. I'm, I'm super excited about that one. Um, but, yeah, the Seahawks, you know, uh, maybe that loss to Hilton Head Prep works in their favor. You know, a little bit of a wake up call midweek doesn't really matter. And uh, maybe that shakes them, shakes them up a little bit and they come out ready to go on Friday against Bluffton because uh, they've got a chance to, to make a run here. Um the biggest thing they want at this point is Bluffton to probably win out uh, because everybody else is fighting for second place. So um, even if you lose to Bluffton, as long as the Bobcats be, take care of everybody else, you, you got a shot. <laughs> it would be nice to beat Bluffton, but uh, as you said, uh, you just want to at least finish second or third so you get the opportunity to finish second, and I believe you could get a home playoff game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the other teams fighting for that home playoff game is Beaufort High, and the Eagles have been a little up and down as well. Uh, but 
a great contribution from Sequoia Smalls. She's been stepping up lately, uh, kind of taking the, the scoring load off Layla Warren a little bit. And um, and and you thought uh, you gave her a little tribute uh, that was appropriate this week. The Mamba mentality, of course, the very tragic loss that we had on Sunday. Kobe Bryant, one of the the greatest players to ever play the sport of basketball, and she channels that Mamba mentality. A game-winning three in double overtime of that 38-35 win over Effingham. County, and that would made uh, Gianna Bryant very proud. 17 points in all for Smalls, and of course, Layla Warren continues to put in the work every game. And they've won three of their last four. They're facing the biggest game of their season Friday. It's going to be on the road. Layla Warren against Omani Kirkland. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, hopefully, the, the Eagles can uh, get a W there against a tough Colleton County team and, and stay in the mix here in the region. Um, we've got Battery Creek at number six. They got a huge region win over Wade Hampton. Uh, first region W for the Dolphins. And all season long, Antoinette Elam and their AD, Sarah Hayes, who used to be the girls' basketball coach, of course, have been talking about the progress this team was making. It wasn't showing up in, in the record because they only had the one win and it felt like they waited forever to get another one. But finally it comes for the Dolphins and Koresha Rutledge hitting the game-winning tray in overtime to beat the Red Devils. Great win for Battery Creek. Well, a win for the Dolphins. We all know how good Star Reed is, but Carissa Rutledge making all the difference with that game-winning triple. And congrats to the Coach Elam. This team's really learned a lot, and they pulled off a couple victories that have not been easy at all. So if, if Myra Smith, Reed, and Rutledge playing very well, don't sleep on these Dolphins in the future. Yeah, they've definitely showed they can they can do it. Um, Ridgeland Hardyville hoping for a similar breakthrough. They had the W over the Dolphins uh, last week, but um, back back to the tough times for the Jags, and they're going to really have a tough test on Friday when they travel to May River. Uh, been a tough season for Original Hardyville as they kind of try to rebuild things. Moving over to the private school girls, uh, no question at the top. It's Hilton Head Christian Academy as usual. Uh, not only are they winning every game, but they're, they really have not been challenged recently. I mean, they're just dominating people. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to our intern, Brooke Simons. I like the triple threat. The triple threat name of those three Christian Academy stars, uh, Jasmine Campbell, Dior Shelton, and Brielle McCarthy, because they're the perfect complement to one another. you got the shifty point guard, uh, the long-range shooter, McCarthy, the do-to-all offensive player, and athletic Dior Shelton, and then the outstanding inside post, Jasmine Campbell. And if those three continue their game, no one's beating them this year. And plus, don't forget Mary Yanker and Addie Paduzzi, who are excellent complementary players. This team really is stacked. I think through the Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Celtics reborn. I mean, heck, you, there's some names you didn't even name. Skylar Smith, a great young player, you know, probably going to be in the Rising Stars game, and uh, Devin Yardy. I mean, they've got so much talent on that team. They they really could run out their second five and probably not have much trouble with most of the teams in their region. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see what they do in the playoffs. I, I don't see anybody beating them. I, I really think the question is if anybody is really going to give them a challenge. Um, and, and as long as they take care of them and do what they can do, I, I just don't see anybody beating them. Um, one of the teams that, that has tried to give them a battle, uh, but didn't have a whole lot of success was John Paul II. They come in at number two. And, and just to give you an idea of how good Hilton Head Christian Academy season has been, um, John Paul II is having an absolutely outstanding season. They're 18 and two. And, uh, and they're a distant second to the Eagles. But they kept rolling along this week. And again, this is a team that is starting to develop that supporting cast. It's not just the Takai DeVore show anymore. They've got some other kids stepping up. And that's going to be the way they try to close the gap on the Hilton Head Christian Academies of the world. 
what an outstanding week for JP2. A dominating win over Thomas Hayward after a slow first few minutes. Then Tekai DeVore finishes two steals shy of a triple-double. 18 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, and eight steals. It's just phenomenal. Can't wait to see her put on a show at the All-Star game. But the real star that night was a defense who allowed just six points in that second half after falling asleep on both ends in the first quarter. And how about Taylor Michael? She missed a big little bit of time this year, but she's now contributing big time, 16 points, and then a double-double as well from Jasmine Hamilton. They followed up with a win at Colton Prep, and they didn't waste any time that night and held the opponent scoreless in that first quarter. A lot to like if you're a fan of the Golden Warriors. Just two losses, and we're nearly through January. Yeah, having a fantastic season. Yeah, Taylor Michael, is uh, she's been a big factor lately, knocking down those threes. Um, and then they got a lot of kids involved in a big win over Bridges Prep with Runeja Bennett putting up a double-double. Paige Winninger with a nice game. Um, Nia Poacher and, and Caroline Gilmore making big contributions. So, you know, that's those games are huge for your program because you're able to develop some of those players and put them in, you know, a, a spot in a varsity game where they can have some success and, and uh, develop some confidence because those are the kids you're going to count on in a year or two. And Buford Academy is also uh, doing a lot of the same thing. They, you know, they're developing a lot of depth there. They've got a lot of young players who are contributing. Um, but it was the the veteran, Amelia Hubel, who came up for them, came up big for them against Prep, getting uh, nine points and 11 boards. And then Michaela Washington, of course, the freshman, is having a great season. And Chase Vinay, um, who was a star for the volleyball team, coming up big with 11 boards against the Dolphins as well um, in a really great game. Yeah, not the prettiest win for B.A., but they got the job done. And it was a game where Prep made some adjustments after the first meeting because I think they did a little bit better job on Hubel, but it took a little less from Amelia and more on Washington. And plus, as you said, an 11-board effort from Jace Wagner. And they had to get it done in overtime after giving up an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. And you got to have those facing adversity wins for a championship team, and I think that might be theirs this year. Yeah, that was a great win. For them, a tough loss for Hilton Head Prep, although they showed great fight to get that game into overtime. Haley Hopman banging a big three. Um, and then the, the Dolphins come back and beat the Crosstown Seahawks. Um, again, Hopman with a great game. Kirsten Clark coming up big down the stretch. And um, I mean, we continue to talk about this. The, the Dolphins are kind of the little engine that could. They're just that team that doesn't look like they're going to be able to match up or compete with some of these teams, but um, they just scrap and get the job done. Absolutely. They they started the Christian Academy game off well, and they fell flat a little bit midway through the first quarter, and they were given a fatal blow shortly after. I think the Clark girls were a little overwhelmed by that triple threat, but Haley Hoppman made some really tough shots to keep this a game early, but of course the Eagles are in another stratosphere right now. By the way, how many important shots has Haley Hoppman made? She <laughs> knocked down that buzzer beater, the force OT against BA, and then two massive threes in the past one against the Seahawks. And what a clutch performance by Kirsten Clark, who's a defensive player that found her offense in the fourth through some big free throw shooting and she gave her team the win and, and as she told me after the game the next couple games against Hayward and Colton prep enormous to their season Kirsten a big win for your team today over Hilton High School and you had the last six points for your team after the game was tied and tell me about making those shots and those free throws down the stretch well I missed some free throws earlier in the game, so I knew I had to get it going from the line, how to put them in, you know, free throws are something you do every day in practice, the same shot every time, and knew they were big ones, I just had to make sure they went in. And what did Coach emphasize defensively for tonight's game? Definitely um, the getting across the court. They were shifting the ball a lot across the perimeter, uh, 
back and forth. So we had to make sure that you know we were moving with them, not losing the cutters, um, making sure that we you know we were playing uh, like a one-three-one zone. So we had to make sure that we were you know shifting with them and uh, making sure we covered all the holes. Haley Hopman with a couple important shots uh, in this game. Yeah, definitely. Hop came in big for us tonight. Um, you know, we needed her in the stretch. She definitely hit some outside shots, so it was good to get her going uh, this evening. So some big region games coming up. How do you take this momentum and get some key wins this coming week? Uh, definitely. Hilton and High was a team that we lost to earlier in the season, so it's awesome that we won against them this time around. Uh, on Friday, we play another team that we lost to earlier in the season, which is Thomas Hayward, um, and so we definitely want to just keep this going, um, you know, beating teams that, you know, we may have lost to earlier, but, you know, we're better now and we can come back at them uh, ready to go. Well, congrats on a great game. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so they've got that big one against Thomas Hayward, and that's who we've got at number five. Uh, the Rebels having a, a tough season, um, but they'll try to get another big win over Hilton at Prep. They knocked off the Dolphins the first time around, and so that should be uh, an interesting matchup. All right, well, that's it for girls basketball, so now we're going to pick our performers of the week. And, Wes, once again, uh, your choice, who you got? I'm going to take Kainu Barnwell from Whale Branch. What a job she's putting together right now for the Warriors. Leads her team in scoring, but she also can really do it on defense. Eight steals in the last two games, and she was charged the task of holding Amari Kirkland, and she did it to four points. And she put up 16 per contest, seven assists, and just two turnovers. Kainu, quite the two-way player, and she's given Whale Branch some unbelievable success this year. Yeah, I love Kainu Barnwell. She's uh, she's awesome to watch. So good at both ends of the floor and just a sophomore. Just can't wait to see what she's going to do. Um, I'm going to give mine to Brianna Anderson from Bluffton. Uh, you know, they've been looking for that third option to step up as a scorer. Uh, they had Samari Mitchell out of the lineup in that game against Buford, and Brianna Anderson really stepped up and, and filled the gap there, uh, did some nice work on the wing, and then had 18 points against Effingham County, and that's the kind of contribution that they need from her, and if they can uh, and they, they can continue to get that, they're going to be really tough to beat, not only in the region, but beyond. Alright, well that's going to do it for our basketball coverage for this week, so let's shift gears a little bit. Last week you met our newest contributor to the show, and now he is going to join us for the Sandshark Athletics Report giving us all the latest news on USCB Sandshark Athletics, uh, including news about the season opener for the baseball and softball teams this weekend. So let's hear from Jody Vermilia with a report on the Sandsharks. Hi there, sports fans. This is Jody Vermilia, play-by-play broadcaster for the USCB Sandsharks. And I'm honored to bring you the first edition of the Sandshark Sports Roundup for Locosports.com. This past weekend, men's and women's track and field traveled to Birmingham, Alabama, where they competed in the KMS Invitational at the Birmingham Crossplex Center. On the field side of things for the men, sophomore Kadari Mitchell brought home a silver medal in the long jump with a jump of 6.85 meters, while freshman Narada Adams placed ninth with a leap of 6.47 meters. On the women's side of the long jump, junior Ivana McKeever also brought home a silver medal with a leap of 5.52 meters. On the track side of things, for the women, sophomore Janitza Trinidad finished ninth in the women's 600 meter with a time of 147.67. In the men's 600 meter, freshman Sam Williams brought home another medal for USCB, this time a bronze, placing third with a time of 124.33, 
while sophomore Nigel Davis finished a close fourth with a time of 125.51. In the men's 60-meter dash, the Sand Sharks sent three men through to the semifinals, sophomore Kadari Mitchell, freshman Jonte Gant, and sophomore Steven Nesmith, with times of 698, 721, and 727. Ultimately, Kadari Mitchell made it through to the finals, where he placed fifth with a time of 6.96. In the women's 400-meter, freshman Jamilia Poole finished sixth with a time of 58.99. And in the women's 800-meter, Trinidad finished 14th with a time of 231.07. Men's and women's track and field next travels to Columbia for the Carolina Challenge, a two-day event beginning January 31st at the Carolina Indoor Facility. Men's and women's golf will begin their spring season February 10th and 11th with the Coastal Georgia Winter Invitational down at St. Simons Island in Georgia. Again, that's February 10th and 11th. Men's and women's golf will be competing in their first spring event, the Coastal Georgia Winter Invitational. And of course, this week coming up for USCB Athletics, baseball and softball opening day. There is nothing like it in sports. And on Friday, the baseball team will take the field against the Mustangs of Mid-Atlantic Christian. That will be 5 o'clock on the 31st at the Richard Gray Complex out in Hardyville, South Carolina. The two teams will conclude the three-game series on Saturday, the 1st, with a doubleheader beginning at 12 noon. And then on Sunday, February 2nd, it's softball's turn to take the field for their home opener against the Cavaliers of Montreat. That's a doubleheader that starts at 12 noon. Of course, the softball team, the reigning Sun Conference champs, so they'll kick off their defense of that championship on Sunday the 2nd at 12 noon against the Montreat Cavaliers. We hope to see everyone out at Richard Gray Stadium this weekend. We'd love to see each and every one of you, as there is nothing like opening day in baseball and in softball. But if you can't make it, we invite you to go to uscbathletics.com, follow the links for the live stream, and Larry Kimball and I will have all the action all season long for the baseball and softball teams. Of course, uscbathletics.com is your one-stop shop for all information about USCB Athletics. You can also find them at USCB Sandsharks on Facebook. You can follow them at Twitter at USCB Sandsharks. All of that information at your fingertips to help you become more connected to your USCB Sandsharks. And if you'd like to become more connected to me, you can find me on Facebook at Jody Vermilia Sports Broadcaster or on Twitter at at Jody Vermilia. I would love the chance to get to know as many of you as possible, so please drop by Facebook and give me a like or find me on Twitter. It's been my pleasure to bring you the first edition of the Sandshark Sports Roundup for Locosports.com. I'll see you next week, and until then, fins up. All right, let's wrap it up with a little bit of high school wrestling action. We're kind of in a, a slow period at this point. The teams are pretty much off until February 8th when the dual playoffs start. But we did have a, a, some straggler results come in from the Hilton Head Seahawks last week, finishing up their regular season with senior day wins over Bluffton and Bamberg Earhart, which was a very nice win. Uh, they had lost to the Red Raiders earlier in the season, and Bamberg ranked number one in Class 2A, and they come in and the Seahawks get a nice W. So that's a really nice note to finish the regular season on going into the playoffs. 
for sure. Hilton has gained better at the right time. They're a strong wrestling program. They're looking to put together a solid finish as we get to the postseason. Being a team you lost two shows incredible improvement, especially when it's the top-ranked two-way squad. And that shows you're a playoff contender. This group is ready to make some February noise on the wrestling mat. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a great postseason for the area wrestling teams. May River uh, looking like a serious state championship contender in Class 3A. Uh, Beaufort High and Hilton Head, both strong teams in Class 4A. So hopefully we can get some, uh, some deep runs in the playoffs, get a little more wrestling. Yeah, I'm looking for some big hardware at uh, May River, Beaufort, Hilton Head, and, and some others as well. I'm really impressed by the talent we've seen from all of our wrestlers this year, and, and now uh, hopefully we can finish strong and uh, bring home some titles. All right, well, let's wrap up the episode with our teams of the week. And uh, as always, Wes, you get the first pick in the draft. Who's your team of the week? I'm going for the Whale Branch Girls, an outstanding undefeated week. A win over Bamberg Eric a 50-10 to 10 win, in fact, and then they grind one out against a good Carlton County team, and their defense has been the important factor. They allow just 38 points in two games. Of course, Barnwell's a star in both ends, and Johnny Thompson, a steady contributor. And then they have some others who stepped up, like Kevin Grant. So they're playing as great as anyone. They're number three just because the girls' teams around this area are so good, so deep. Uh, and, and I believe they can keep cleaning up the wins down the stretch this season and string together a region title they can knock off Woodland. So what a season it continues to be for Whale Branch. Outstanding, outstanding job by LaToya Mack. She is by far one of the top candidates for Coach of the Year. Yeah, she's having an outstanding season. I love that team. Uh, I really enjoy Coach Mack and, and uh, you know, just texting with her after games and talking about basketball. It's it's really fun uh, to pick her brain. She's she's doing a great job, and that's an exciting program to keep an eye on. Um, tough choice for me this week. Man, we had a, a once again, we had a ton of of great options to choose from for teams of the week. And uh, I feel like I keep going back to the well, but Ridgeland Hardyville boys uh, have really caught my eye recently. They are on fire. Uh, they were, they were our team of the week in the um, HHIMB boys hoop spotlight for the second week in a row. And I just can't stay away from them. I'm so impressed with them. Uh, that big win over Wade Hampton was fantastic. And then getting dubs over Lake Marion and Estel. Uh, they've won seven in a row. And um, I just, I really like this team. I'm so excited to see them on Friday night live for the first time. And when you look before Christmas, they they lost to Bluffton twice. They lost to Whale Branch uh, twice as well. And you just you weren't convinced. And then after Christmas, they go into the Sweet 16 tournament in Orangeburg. They beat Woodland, they beat Spartanburg. And they, they lose to Bishop England. And that's like their only loss in a long time. And you know how good Bishop England is. They are just on a complete tear. And, I don't think anyone wants to play him in the playoffs this year. No, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that Orangeburg Sweet 16 was was definitely the um, was definitely the the turning point for them. They really um, turned the corner at that point and and just looked like a different team um, after that tournament. So uh, again, excited to see them in person on Friday night, and just excited for the rest of this basketball season. It's going to be a fun run. All right, well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Loco Sports Lowdown Podcast. As always, thanks so much for being a part of it. And until next time, go Loco.